So how's everyone doing this morning? Great. That's good. Good to hear. Why don't we just pray first that God would just minister by his Holy Spirit. As we said in the prayer when we were down there earlier, if uh, the Holy Spirit is not involved in our services, then we have some good singing because we got talent here and possibly a good speech. But we want more than that. We want the Lord to do some work in people's lives and not only ones that are looking back this way, but the ones that are right here, like me and the ones that were uh, on the team today. We, that's, that was our prayer this morning. So, so let's pray that way. And uh, if you know how to pray and you believe that God can use words to touch people's lives, would you pray for me that God would just minister by his spirit uh, today and the next three Sundays? Father, thank you again for your goodness towards us. Uh, we are so undeserving. We are not more deserving than people, Lord, that live somewhere else. I thank you, dear Lord God, for the brother and sister that we have in our church community that are going to another country that is just as deserving of the goodness and love and grace of God as we are. And so, Lord, we're just praying, as was already prayed, that you would just minister unto them, that they would just like be like missiles sent to a target. And, Father, you would just have your way. You would bring people to them that are open to the gospel. And, Lord, and you would give them wisdom how to talk. So, Lord, I would just pray this morning that you would just uh, also give wisdom as your word is delivered over this pulpit this morning. And somehow, Lord, you would just minister in a powerful way. If you would give us this next three weeks, Lord, that somehow that this word would come alive, Lord, in people's hearts. Lord, it is your word. It's not our word. Lord, we just ask that you would give us the strength, the energy, the boldness, the authority. And if there's anything I don't even have included in my notes that you want me to say, Holy Spirit, you, you're, it's so easy for you to just to impart that today in my mind so that I would speak it. So just have your way. Minister by your spirit. We will give you the praise and the glory and the credit for any good that comes out of this. We ask in Jesus' name and give thanks to him. And everyone said, Amen. Now, you might wonder why, could we bring the title up? Well, you might wonder why we are, why we are talking uh, about Jonah so soon after Easter. Maybe we should like, kind of just taper off a little bit. Easter was just, such a grand time, Easter. One of my favorite times of the year. Uh, and when I was pastoring uh, Christmas Eve and Good Friday and Easter Sunday was some of my favorite times for the community of God to get together. Not only because the community of God came together, but it just seemed like for some reason some, that, that people, even in our secular pagan country, people feel that those times are times when they should go to church, even if they don't go any time out. And what, so what an opportunity for us as a church to reach out to people in whatever way we can and thank God for that. So this morning I'm, I'm going to start in Jonah, but what I want to do before I get to my text, and, and the, the majority of the scriptures I'm reading this morning are, are not going to be on the screen. Some of them will be, but the majority will not be. Now, I, I just wanted just to give you some uh, background, uh, or I don't know if this would, would make it more real to you or not, uh, but if you doubt the story of Jonah, if it's just a, a bit of a fairy tale, uh, you might, and there are people that think that, there are even believers that would might think that, that's, well, this is not quite true. It's just really all symbolism. But let's look in Matthew 12, just for a moment. Verses 38, I hope you brought your Bible, whether it's in, in book form or on your smartphone or a tablet, but just turn to it 
and uh, follow along with me. I'm just going to read just a, a few verses here, beginning at, verses 30, at verse 38. One day, some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. In other words, showing, show us that you're really who you say you are by doing some sign for us. But Jesus replied, listen, listen to his words. For me, like if somebody came along to me and said, you know, you, you just prove by doing this that you are you say you are, I, I probably would do it because, you know, it'd be nice to show off a little bit too if you could do it. But uh, Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus, was, he had his goal set. His purpose was there. He said, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. I pray when you go to whatever country you're going to, fair and nader, that somebody will repent and they will find Jesus Christ as, your pers as their personal Savior. Jonah the runaway. Seeing ourselves, seeing God. By the way, I, I've, I got a lot of titles for this message. This is not the last one yet. I'll get to another one in a minute. What would you do if God asked you to do something that could help someone who really hurt you in the past. And they could possibly do you some damage in the future. Basically, they're just nasty individuals, as some people would say. They're just meaners. What if God asked you to do something that you just didn't want to do? I'm sure nobody's had that done to them. That question and maybe a few more is what we're hoping to answer. Maybe some of your I'm not even thinking about it. might get answered in the next three weeks. We're going to use this book, very short book, of Jonah as a basis for our three-part series. I want to give you just a very brief background to this book. It was, the book itself was believed to have been written by Jonah, who was the son of Amittai, uh, about 750 years before Christ. He was a follower, a believer in the one true God but he had a unique prophetic calling on his life. In other words, he had to do what God told him. He had to go where God told him and tell people what God told him to tell. That was his mandate. In other words, it was like a prophetic vow. He had to speak for God anywhere, to anybody, at any time. Almost sounds like the Great Commission. The story centers around the, 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 the very hated city of Nineveh. It was to be the capital of Assyria, the most powerful country of that day. They were ruthless. They were violent. They were brutal aggressors. And then, of course, also in the story, there's God. So if this was a Hollywood version, the credits should be starring God, co-starring Jonah and Nineveh in the real small print somewhere. We would be in there, too. Our title for part one, I told you there was more titles. Obedience if it is convenient. Jonah chapter 1. 
Again, I, you're going to have to turn to it because I, I haven't put the scriptures on the, on the screen either for this. There will be some coming on there, but not... Uh, and if you're looking for Jonah, like I'm looking for it right now, it's, uh, it's uh, before Obadiah, or I mean after Obadiah and before Micah. You say, that doesn't help me a bit. Okay, just go to the last part of the Old Testament. It's somewhere in there, in some of those little, little tiny books. Reading in the, from the New Living Translation, I'm just going to read chapter 1. So you just bear with me. If you don't have a, a, a text or Bible uh, of any form, then just, just listen to me as I read it. Don't, don't let your mind wander because I, I want you to get the story. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went immediately to Nineveh. Sorry, typo. Went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep and the good snooze down in the hole. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? I, I, and I can imagine kind of giving Jonah a kick. You know, get up. Get up and pray to your gods or your God. Maybe you'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. I don't know how they did that. I don't know if they had a pack of playing cards. Probably didn't. Maybe did, drew straws or something. And he ended up, the Lord made sure he ended up with the shortest one. When they, did see the, when they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why is this awful storm come down us, they demanded. What have you done? Or why is it, who are you and what is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jesus, uh, Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do this, they groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop this storm? Here we see the only time uh, Jonah shows some leadership responsibility. He said, throw me into the sea, and it will become calm again. I know this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the, the sailors rode even harder to get the help, get help to get the ship to the land. Small print. I don't know why they don't make these things about 25 font. But the stormy sea was so violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was made inside the fish for three days and three nights. I wish I was creative enough to build a great big fish and put it on the platform so I could walk in and out of here this morning. But you're going to have to use your imagination. In the second book of Kings, there's a, I'm not going to go to it, but it gives us a prophecy that Jonah gave from the Lord. 
Jonah was a prophet. And it came true, and it benefited Israel. And, of course, this probably made Jonah a little bit more popular. You know, what he says comes true. It was good for them. The request God made of Jonah in the chapter we just read was completely opposite. This could turn out negative for Jonah and Israel. So the first teaching moment in this passage, and I'm going to read a verse for you in a moment, is we can't escape God. We can't escape God. See, Jonah had decided that the word God had given him, the instructions that God had given him, well, that wasn't for him, and we see his reaction in verse 2. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. I think he was supposed to go west, no, east, and he went west, I think. I think that's the directions. I, I'm, you ask my wife, I get messed up with directions. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish was about as far as one could go in the opposite direction of Nineveh. Basically, he was going to Spain and he was supposed to just go not that, that, that far, uh, kind of northeast of where he was in uh, Jerusalem at that time. And uh, Spain, this where he was going, was probably around 2,500 miles away in the opposite direction. See, Jonah had received the commission to pro- proclaim judgment against a people's sinful actions. God had enough. Uh, he, he just was tired of it. He wanted to let Nineveh uh, know their actions would not be ignored, that they weren't getting away with anything. He knew what was going on. Now, Jonah didn't like the mission. So like someone who had completely flipped a lid... He attempted to escape. He tried to run away from his mission and the presence of his creator. What a futile and foolish action. And we might be tempted to say, how foolish. I mean, how foolish. How could a follower of God think he could get away from the one who created everything? Well, let's get to the application right away. See, this is not just about a runaway problem. The Bible is written for our learning. It talks about that. In the New Testament, it's written for our learning, our our instructions. This is about you and me, also. When have you or this guy standing there ignored God's word when we know we should do something and we did the opposite? And and I would encourage all of you this one. I've been praying this over the the last few weeks that I've known that I was supposed going to be doing this. I I. I, I would pray that you would be sensitive, and I would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice today. Allow Him to show us ourselves. If we would get this in our hearts this morning, it could be a game changer for the rest of your life. Maybe you have went in the opposite direction when God had impressed on you to be kind to someone who didn't know Jesus, uh, but you didn't because you didn't really like that person. That would be running in the opposite direction. And, and you know what? It's the same with simple things as a giving of your time. When you have time to, to, to commit to the work of the Lord or to helping out some, or whatever, or to your talents, the gifts that you have, but you never use them. Maybe you can sing, but you leave it for people like me to sing and hurt everybody. That's wrong. You've got a gift for that. Not everybody is gifted to sing, or we could go on with other things. Or maybe you don't do anything with your treasures. And, I, and this is specifically speaking to God's people right now. And you say, what's my treasure? Your money. I mean, I, I've heard people say, well, yeah, 10%. You guys are completely nuts. But still, for all, they don't mind spending more than that on 
Never mind. I won't say it. Give to the work of the Lord and you will never, ever be sorry. God, you know, we, we, you, you, we, sometimes we say, you know, oh, you know, don't rob God. You, you, that's true. If you don't give what God asks, yeah, you're robbing God. But you're robbing yourself. My wife and I have proved it over the years. Over the, you know what? We, we never do without what we need when we're faithful to God. God is always faithful. Always. Don't run in the opposite direction. Time, talent, treasures. Give it to the Lord. We cannot escape from doing what is right as followers of God. See, he just doesn't let us go. We sometimes, we, maybe like Jonah, we ah, I got away from that one. I'm so glad I didn't do that. Saying yes to God, you know what it does? It also helps you understand God and his purpose in this world. So you can't escape from God. Secondly, second teaching moment, God will travel with us. You know, you know the first time I really got that, it just exploded in my spirit how much the Lord loves me and cares about me even when I'm a nincompoop. Excuse that word. I hope that's not a bad word. And so, don't laugh. Some of you are just the same. You know better, better than me. God will travel with us. But the Lord, say, but the Lord. But the Lord. It was God that did this. It wasn't a fluke in nature. It wasn't climate change at this time. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Those underlying words, but the Lord. You know what that tells me? The folks that God stayed with his runaway. God stayed with his runaway. Jokingly, I've said to my wife, when we just chatted jokingly, and I said, you can't leave me because if you do, I'm going with you. So, you know, that's like God. You say, I'm leaving. I, God, I want God is not going to let you alone. He loves you too much. So I do find comfort in this to know that when I get off track, and I know this is going to surprise a lot of you, but I, I do get off track sometimes. I do not want you to get my wife alone and talk to her about this later, but I do get off track. But God doesn't go in the opposite direction. Aren't you happy for that? God doesn't say, well, you know what? You did what I, I never asked you to do, so see you. Talk to the hand. I'm not talking to you. God's not like that with us. I'm so glad he isn't. And then Noah found that out. Jonah found that out really quick. You might say, I don't feel like God is traveling with me in this mess I have myself in. Do you think that Jonah, when he was snoring away in the bottom of the ship, that he thought God was a passenger on the ship? And maybe you're here today and you've really gotten off track. You, 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 you just know that you're not on the right track right now where you should be with God. God still wants you. God hasn't abandoned you. He knows what you did last night. He knows what you did. And he still loves you. It doesn't say he agrees with you, but he still loves you. Could it be, just a question, just a question, could it be the storm that you're facing right now is what God is using to get your attention? Could it be? Just a question. I, I've made lots of mistakes in my own life. I messed up many times. And if you wonder what I'm doing, I put some notes together in the wrong place. But don't you worry, we'll get there. I want to move on to another couple of verses that caught my attention that I felt we need to consider. So it is number three. Be on guard against self deception. 
in verse 5, it says, fearing for their lives, talking about the sailors, or the desperate sailors, they shouted to their gods for help, and then they threw the cargo overboard. You, you know they had to be afraid, because what was going to give them some money, they had to get rid of. They had to threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, this is amazing, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hole. How many has ever been in on a boat in a bit of a storm? Or it made the waves just rocking a bit. Is it easy to sleep? Is it easy to just stay there and not move? I've, I've been on that wonderful, I'll say it wonderful, I'll try to be gentle, with that ferry going across to Newfoundland. And I've been on it when I've had almost chased my coffee across the, across the, the table. And I've also been in the bunk when you're just going, like, no, I'm not going to keep doing it because some of you will get seasick. I don't understand how Jonah was sound asleep in a boat where everybody else was, these, these tough, rough sailors were throwing all their livelihood overboard, and Jonah was sound asleep, just giving her. I, I don't understand that. You know why? He was deceived. I believe he was deceived. I'm getting away, getting away from God. I'm not doing what he wants me to do. I hate those people. These pagan uh, men had more of a sense of doom than the follower of the one true God. What a dangerous place to be in. He was asleep. But God wasn't about to let his servant run away from his responsibility. While Jonah seemed okay with uh, people like he, that he didn't like being judged, and I have to be careful about that too. If you watch a lot of the news, there's lots of people you can see on there you don't like. Man, time for you, God, to do something. God didn't. Matter of fact, the Bible is clear that God really doesn't like judging people. He wants everyone to be saved. He's not willing that anyone would perish. Running away and escaping from God wasn't even possible, and God was determined to wake Jonah up. I, I have heard it said that if you're, if you're a God follower, in other words, a believer, a Christian, born again, and you're living outside of the will of God, you can never be at rest. Boy, this sure seems to contradict that. A quote I just read just recently said, the absence of guilt, I want you to get this, the absence of guilt isn't always a barometer of whether we are doing right. You need to pay attention to that. Because I've heard people say, well, I don't feel anything wrong with it. The absence of guilt isn't always a barometer of whether we are doing, doing right. There is only one thing worse being, than being deceived. I mean, I feel, you, you know, you can get pretty upset when you know that someone has tricked you. Someone's deceived. But it's, it's even worse when you trick yourself. Self-deceived. We, we, see, we can't measure right and wrong, especially in our society today, by our personal feelings. But what does God say? What does God say? Someone said, if my opinion about anything contradicts the word of God, guess which one of us is wrong? If my opinion about anything contradicts God's word, guess which one of us is wrong. Jonah's thinking was completely out of sync with God and his, and his calling, and the non-believers showed more compassion and mercy than he did. They didn't even want to throw, throw him overboard, even though when they had figured out through their own little way, that, and he admitted that it was his fault. They, didn't want to, they, they had more compassion for him. Someone said Jonah's hatred for the Assyrians had affected his perspective. Notice he was willing to, he told them to throw him overboard. He was willing to die for the men on the ship, but not for the Ninevites. Interesting. Jonah was a follower of God by his own omission. He didn't have the luxury to take charge of his own life. 
And we are no different. People and circumstances, if we're not careful, can affect our perspective if we allow it. Jonah's wrong thinking deceived him. One of our negative feelings regarding someone or something hindered us from obedience. What I find so amazing about Jonah and his thinking was that God didn't waste this experience. A shipload of unbelievers became believers. Verse 16. The ship left port with just one believer on board. One worshiper of the one true God. And before they reached the destination, all of them were believers. Not because Jonah was a great evangelist. God proved himself faithful no matter what. Number four, God can do anything. You like that? How many believe that today? Whatever situation you're in right now, wherever you've got off track, you need to remember something if, you're, if your heart is soft at all. God can do anything. He can take the mess that you've made yourself, or I've made myself, and he can do some rearranging. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. It wasn't just by luck or just by chance there was this big fish swimming along when Jonah hit the water. The Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Now, this is where I would have liked to walk into the big fish right here. Just imagine sitting there with the mouth wide open. It wasn't just by chance. And some might try to explain this miracle away, but Jesus, Jesus seemed to believe it. God can do anything. We cannot say this is a farce. Well, I guess you could, but it's not right. While Jonah believed it was all over for him, God was at work. And maybe that's where you are right now. It's all over for me. Man, I messed up. I was, I was part of the crowd, and I was doing well, and people looked up to me, but I just got off track somehow and listened to the enemy or listen, whatever. The same God who created the worlds with his word did some arranging for his runaway child. He arranged for a great fish to rescue Jonah. And there's a lots of discussion among scholars, liberal and conservative, how this could have happened. Is there a fish big enough? Well, don't you think there's a possibility of the Lord arranged for this, that maybe this is the only fish that ever existed like that in the first place? God created for that? He can create anything. I don't know if that's true. Maybe, it's, maybe it was a big whale. I don't know. But I thought about, you know, God kept them inside the fish for three days alive. What a time to think and reevaluate your actions. And I, I thought about it. What was it like inside that breathing, moving, living fish? I, I don't know what your imagination is like, but I don't think I'd like it inside of a stomach. I don't think so. I, like I just would, like it makes me kind of stomach churn. Just think about it. But here he was for three days. This verse is, is amazing. Here's the disobedient follower of God on his way out of this world, world. So he thought, well, you know, at least these guys are going to live. I messed up. In the middle of what seemed like Jonah drowning, God sends him a lifeboat. Well, actually, it was the world's first submarine, wasn't it? It was. The world's first submarine came along and picked up Jonah. 
Now, now the text doesn't tell us if these great fish were plentiful or not. God, like I said, could have very well created this one fish for the one purpose. God sometimes has a way of doing things like that. He did create the heavens and the earth with his word. He can do anything he wants. He's still in charge. I noticed in the Bible that's full of miracles of one thing, just in case you're wondering. Miracles God performed for his own purposes. Look at some great events or one-timers, I'll call them. I'll just, I'm not going to go into them because there's, there's messages in their own. Moses in the burning bush. What was the purpose? Get Moses' attention. Joshua and the sun, the moon standing still. What was the purpose? For, Jonah, for, for Joshua to have victory. Daniel and the lion's mouth being closed so he didn't become a meal. There was a purpose even outside of Jonah. I mean, Jonah, I'm going to keep talking to Jonah because that's what it's about. Daniel not being lunch for the lions. The three Hebrew children in the fire, never burnt. The virgin birth. Lots of one-timers. See, this tells me God can do anything. And when things seem bleak in your life, when it seems like all is lost and maybe you've been thrown overboard or you feel like it, God can change everything. What is that anything you need God to do today for you? Because he is still in the miracle business today. And I believe that. I, if I don't believe it, then I don't believe the God of the Bible. What is it that seems so impossible to you? You just can't see any way out of this mess that you're in. Maybe you're like Jonah inside of the belly of the fish. God can do anything. And the secret is realizing that he's, he's the one that does the doing, not you and I. Jonah could have summoned the fish to save him. He couldn't, I mean, summon the fish, but God did. I mean, I'm sure when he went over the side of that ship, he thought that was it. I went too far this time. I am messed up. Yahweh is done with me. Look at the angry waves. He's mad at me. But God arranged for a fish to come. Our responsibility is to be obedient, whether it's convenient or not. Our responsibility is to be obedient, whether it's convenient or not. Graham, would, Graham, would you, where, where's Graham? Graham, would you come and just start playing the, the keyboard? for? I'm going to have the rest of the team to come up in a minute, but not yet. Just Graham right now. I have no idea what it is that you need to be doing this morning. But you've pushed it to one side. You, you've ignored it. Maybe something that God has asked of you. Maybe you're afraid of the consequences. Maybe you're full of fear. Maybe you're like Jonah in that first chapter when he got the message, what he was supposed to do. I mean, you, you can see the, the, the progression. First, he went down to the port of Joppa. Then he bought a ticket. Maybe you've bought a ticket, figuratively speaking, for somewhere that you're not supposed to be going and a direction you're not supposed to be going. God cares about you this morning. And for a believer in God, we, we cannot live in obedience only when it's convenient for us. When we are followers of God, we've been called to surrender everything. I've not always liked that in my life. 
And, and I'm still working, and I think I will always work with it until Jesus comes back. I don't always like surrendering everything. There's some things I like, I want to keep for me, but it all belongs to God when you're a child of God. And he wants to surrender everything, not only the stuff that seems you'll get rewarded for. And maybe there's something you need to surrender today. Maybe you are in a scary place or stuff is kind of spiraling out of control in your life. God is well able to provide a miracle for your mess up today, whatever it is. He is able. We used to sing a song one time years and years ago. Only people as old as Pastor Bruce can remember it. Well, he's a little bit older than me, but I always say that, don't I? I need counseling. Uh, we are able to go up and take the country. Remember that old one? And possess the land from Jordan to the sea. When you've got God on your side, there's, there's, there's territory you can take that you didn't even realize you could take when you trust God and let him be in charge. And I want you just to bow your head with me just for a moment. We're going to continue in Jonah next week, Lord willing. But maybe, maybe you just realize that God has brought you here this morning for such a time as this, because maybe you didn't even plan on being here this morning. And God has spoken to your heart through this simple story of Jonah running away, but God was still with him. God didn't leave him. God didn't ignore him. God still touched his life. God still wanted him to do what he wanted him to do. And he worked through the circumstances, even though Jonah kind of deceived himself. And maybe you're here today and say, you know what, I, I kind of messed up some things. I, I, things were going pretty good, and, and I just made some decisions, and I listened to some things I shouldn't have. And, and I'm not blaming anybody, but I just, I just wish I could get back on track. But it's so difficult. And the enemy will do everything he can to say, God is not happy with you. And God don't want anything to do with you. You just need just, you've done, you, you've messed up now. That's it. That's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God loves you and God cares about you. You're just saying this morning, would you just, would you just agree with me that somehow within the, within the next little while, things are going to change. And, I, I, and I'm going to start doing some positive things to, to, to facilitate the change that God wants to do in my life. But I, I really messed up and I'm kind of going through a really hard time right now. And would you pray with me? No one's looking around just for a moment. Just slip up your hand where I'm going to, I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I just, I just want to pray for anyone that you say, you know what, I'm just going through a bit of a time right now and I, I just need prayer. Is there anybody here? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Maybe there are some here you've come and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You know, God pursues you too. And he loves you this morning. He cares about you this morning. And I, I just would encourage you to just to simply give your heart to Jesus this morning. You say, how do I do that? Well, the first, very, very first step is to say, Jesus, I, I, I admit I'm a sinner. I'm not living my life like I'm sure that you want me to. Would you forgive me? I know you're the Son of God. I know you're my Savior. Uh, and you want to be my savior, and I just, I, I just want to become part of your family. Would you help me? That's all you have to do this morning to, be, to, to step in to the family. And 
We just want to pray for you. I want the team, the rest of the team to come now and, and get a song, maybe one of your songs here that you did or one of the, you got for the last part of the story. If you have to, once I, uh, we start singing, if you need to go and get your children, if you have to do that or you have to leave, feel free to do that. But if there's some who you just want to say, you know what, I just need to spend a, a few moments with the Lord. If you want to come and just kneel at the altar just for a few moments. We're not going to try to prolong this or anything else. Because this is just if that's what you want, that's that's what we're saying. The ministry part of that is so important. So after we pray and, and then they start the song, if you have to leave, feel free to leave. But for those who say, you know, I just want to spend a few moments, just just a couple of minutes talking to the Lord, then feel free to do that. Will you stand with me as we pray? Father. You are so aware of what's going on in all of our hearts and minds right now. There's, there's nothing that's hidden from you as we saw in this story. And Lord, there are, there are people here right at this moment, I feel, who've, their God-given destiny is being slowed down because of the, the tricks and the whispers of the enemy which has come from wherever. And they... And there are those who, who have believed and have kind of, their, their progress has been hindered. And Lord, this is the day you want them to be free. Lord, I just believe in my heart that this is, as I said before, a real game changer for someone today. And all they have to say is, yes, Lord, I know I've messed up. I know I've made wrong choices. I know I really had a bad perspective on stuff. My attitude has been wrong. I've not felt the way I should have toward or treated people the way that I, I should have. And, and I, but I keep acting like I got it all together, but inside I'm dying. Father, I just pray for those people right now in the name of Jesus. Somehow would you, Lord, somehow would they, the Holy Spirit, would you, would you just do a work in their lives so that they realize that, Lord, though in some ways that they run away uh, from you in, in some shape or form, that you're there, you, you haven't let them go, you still love them, you still care about them. And you just want to minister to them and you want to use them for your glory. And if they're willing to take the step, you're there with them always. Minister by your spirit, Lord. And for those that might want to come and just spend a moment, Lord, or if they're going to pray in their seats, wherever, Lord, we know there's, we just set aside this altar just as kind of a focal point. But Lord, would you just touch those that in their own hearts are saying today, Lord, I just need some changes in my life. I need to go in a different direction. I don't just want to be obedient when it's convenient. Help me to be always obedient because you're in charge of my life in every way with my time, with my talents, with my treasure. Nothing belongs to me. It belongs to you, Lord. And I want to walk in your favor. I pray that for everyone here this morning. I pray for that for this church in Jesus' name. Because, Lord, I just feel this morning just like, Lord, that you said to Peter. And maybe this is meant, for, Lord, for someone here this morning. I don't know, but Holy Spirit, you just, you just send it like a missile to someone's heart. And, Lord, you said to Peter, Satan desires to have you, but I prayed for you. And this morning, Lord, that's for someone here. The enemy has desired to ruin their lives. But you say, I have prayed for you. In other words, I'm with you. 
I'm with you. This can be turned around. This can change. Lord, I just pray that 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 hope, which we're going to talk about next week, will begin just to penetrate in people's hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us sing a song, and if if you want to come and spend some time.